0: Hi, I'm Beth and I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 44. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about goal setting. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> hi hi Beth. how are you <laughs> i'm really tired today yeah uh, yeah i uh, as you noticed by my trying to say hello last night let's see it was amazing both girls were down well the my older one went down at 6:55 to bed and then the other one went down, the little one, by 8. And slept till... They both were around, like, 2.30, 45 I was feeding the younger one. And then the older one came in and said, Mom, I have to go potty. So, great. She goes potty. And then put the little one back to bed. And my older one was up until 5.30. From 3.30 oh, to
1: 5.30. no.
0: I finally got her back to sleep. She was in bed most of the time, but I had to keep getting up to get her another snack. And then... Um, She was up till 5.30, finally fell back to sleep, and then, of course, the baby woke up like 45 minutes later. And then by the time I was putting the baby back down, it was time to get the older one ready for school.
1: Oh, no. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) But I feel like I had my first caffeine in months, so I feel Mm. like it might be starting to kick in a little bit. I decided that it was totally worth it to get through the podcast today. (laughs)
1: Love it. (laughs) Yes. So Um, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um gearing up, I'm going out of town this weekend. Um I think talked about with Aaron. We're going to be hanging out together and um yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited, but I'm also like a little nervous about how Remy's going to react. But yeah. Cuz you're going Maybe away without him, right? He's staying. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about it and since like I Usually get by the time I get home from work on Thursday, he's already down and I'm leaving like my flights at like 740 a.m. in the morning. So there's like a possible chance I won't even see him in the morning, depending on what time he wakes up. And then same thing, I get back late Sunday night. So like I'm like, oh, this is ending up almost being a lot longer. So I'm going to try and come home work. I should be there really is no reason I shouldn't be able to get home in time to see him before he goes down I just won't finish my notes at work or whatever I just need to like remember to do that you know because it's like not in my habit Um, because normally I try to finish all my notes but uh yeah so I just I don't know I'm like hoping he does fine and doesn't do what he did when Adam (laughs) went out of town which was wake up every two hours or hour (laughs) and then do that for like a month so
0: I hope your experience is similar to mine uh when I go out or when I'm gone or even this weekend. Here's my real mom moment of the week. Okay, I'm going to yeah. go right into that. Um, I was feeling tired and drained, and I just needed some time for myself because I've been working on Saturdays. And my husband's been great in watching the girls, mm-hmm. and I was like, I just, I want to exercise. I want to, I want to work out, and can you just watch, can you watch the girls, right? And this is not like babysitting. This is the terminology that we use like when we're doing tag team. So he's like, yeah, sure. So the little one was sleeping and I started working out. I come back up. He's got the little one. I was like, where's the the big kid? And he's like, oh, she's taking a nap. She never naps. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I go away and then you know and then the times where I go out at night they go down like really easy for him and they take naps when I'm not there so I hope it's like that I mean there's a part of me that's a little bit jealous yeah. but the other part of me is like oh they're fine for him I can mm-hmm. totally take time for myself and do this so that is my real mom moment and my reminder of uh, oh yeah I can do this because they're fine and he's great I love that.
1: That is very true. He is way worse for me than he is for... Any- and that is, I don't know, I was reading about that and that, like, is very common. So, anyway. Um, my real mom moment of the week was yesterday I took him to this, like, you know, little, like, fall and had, like, a corn maze and or a hay maze and it had this, like, corn thing and whatever, little animals. And my sister called me while I was there and, I mean, like, I get... I, I, Not that I don't talk to my sister that often, but, you know, it's always nice to talk to her. I was like, dude, can I call you back, like, when I'm driving home? And she's like, no, I have to work. And so I just kind of walked, followed him around while I was just, like, on the phone, like, clearly not, you know, attentive parenting at all. And I was just, like, having this moment where I'm like, oh, I feel like I would judge me before you know I knew what it was like to be a parent (laughs) but like he was totally fine and I just I don't know that was mine because I know that was one that I I tried like not to do is to just like be on the phone while my kids just like doing their thing but now I realize like they're really good at doing their thing so it's okay sometimes
0: And sometimes you just have to
1: let them do their thing. Yeah. Like, it's better for me to, like, not be – I mean, I usually don't, like, get in his face anyways, but at least I'm, like, paying attention to what he's doing. I mean, I was still watching it, but, you know. (laughs) That's mine. And I I feel like
0: transitions are really smooth today because I'd like to go right into my tip of the week.
1: Perfect.
0: And – which I just came up with within the last 15 seconds. And it was Mm – it would be, like – let your kid do their thing and don't feel guilty about it I have from the beginning I feel like my mom when my first daughter was born my mom came over the second week and she was just had my daughter was just on the floor on a blanket and she was like just she's fine just let her be let her do her thing and ever since then I mean she rejuvenates herself by playing by herself she's really good at playing by herself and can actually do it for a good amount of time <laughs> actually sometimes she'll ask me to come play with her and then I start to play with her and she goes, mommy, I don't want you to play with me anymore because I don't have the right play scheme to go with it. Like she's really <laughs> good at, at progressing her play schemes, which is phenomenal. And I love it. And so there's a point where I'm like, oh, sometimes she just wants me to be in the room with her. So I'll sit in the chair, I'll be reading a book or do something. Cause if I start to sportscast do that like you know hey oh that looks great you know I love I love how you use the red there that kind of thing it distracts her and it pulls Mm -hmm. her out of it even though it's like supposed to be that spar step removed she just wants me to be present like like locationally Mm -hmm. but so that she can ask me something or talk to me or show me something but I don't actually have to be there and sometimes it's a little better if I'm a little bit distracted so
1: yeah I find, yeah i find the same thing about sports casting i know they're like all about it with r.i.e and i mean it, it's good sometimes but yeah i definitely find it distracts him like probably more often than it's helpful so hmm, yeah i'm glad that's my kid's not the only one <laughs> um how about you what's your tip i just had it and now i forgot it <laughs> Because I also just came up with it in the last 15 seconds, and I got distracted when talking about sports casting. Oh, crud. I really just like your tip. We're going to go with that. We're going to emphasize your tip, and I'm sure mine was super good, and I'll say it next week. But yes, let your kid do your thing, because seriously, like, I mean, I overall do that too, and it's like amazing the difference when I go to playgroups, and see like kids of the same age how he is versus um how they are and I think the difference really is just the parenting style of just and I and I get comments from moms a lot like Oh, your kid's like going over there I'm like it's fine like he's in a giant meadow surrounded by grass like there's nowhere for him to go and you know what I mean like you know just let him go off and obviously if he wanders off too far I'll go get him but like yeah it's just it's really nice. It sets you up for a much easier job of parenting.
0: Yeah, I will also say that uh, personality definitely makes, a, like, innate personality. Mm-hmm. Like some kids, mm-hmm. you can try to let them play by themselves from the beginning, from the get-go, and they are just, they just want everybody all the time mm-hmm. to be with mm-hmm. them. So, so if you're like, I've tried this and it's not working, it's not you. Like as long as you have made the opportunity there and you have given your child the opportunity to just like develop that independent play, your child may not have that kind of innate personality within them. So don't, don't feel bad about it, but yeah, that is very true.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So, but I think that Andrea, you're going to give us tons of tips this week because we're going to talk about goal setting. So tell me how to write goals. (laughs) <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> so I would like to first say before I launch into this that this is a huge. Um, this is mainly taken from John Acuff's book called Finish, um, and at this point, at guys, I'm really bad at remembering what I take from where. What is my own spin on things? So it's just kind of a combination of my own spin on things plus John Acuff's book, plus, plus probably things I've heard other, other places. So credit where it's due. But I really um, would like to say that I have been someone who really is great at failing at both setting goals and following through with my goals. I don't know about you, Beth. what Are you a, like a good goal setter? Um, I
0: don't really set goals anymore because mm-hmm. I stopped following. Well, yeah, I am... Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't really set like goals. I have tasks list, the mm-hmm. task list, and I like have things to do and that kind of stuff. But like in general, um, I don't. I don't really set goals. So I'm hoping you can help me out with this.
1: Yeah, and it's because you didn't follow through with them.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, or
1: maybe like there's that like guilt of like, oh, I should be
0: working towards this goal or or something yeah. like that. Or maybe that I don't know how to set a goal. Or maybe it's that I don't really know what the point of setting a goal is. Like what's the purpose of
1: a setting a goal? Hmm. That's a good one too. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I totally had the same issue. Like I used to set goals all the time and then I would just like never achieve them. So it was kind of like, what's the point? <laughs> And when I came across his book, I was like, oh my God, this book sounds amazing because clearly like this, all this goal setting stuff that I've been trying to do has not been working. And I know when you like embed yourself in certain worlds, you get like an inundation of like the same information. So I'm very embedded in like the woman entrepreneur, like entrepreneur, solopreneur, like badass woman. Hell yeah. Women are awesome world. And in that world, the message about goals, and, I, and this might be true in other worlds, I just don't know. The message about goals is like creating these like huge, extraordinary, like live your best life, like make it amazing. You should have unicorns and castle, whatever. Okay. I'm just kidding. But like these really big goals in them. And it sounds great in their like rationale for making them is great and everything like that. But it hasn't worked for me. Like what I found with those goals is they're so big that I get stuck in this dreamland of them. Like there's, they're almost so far away that like, I have no urgency to take action. It's like, well, that's my 10 year goal. So like, psh, I don't need to start the day. Like I have tons of time to get there. So what I would find is I would make these super awesome goals. It's all about like writing out your dream day and dream life. And then like, I would do jack shit with it because that's like, all right, like, I don't even know how to get there. So like, That's the other aspect of these huge goals is they're so, they can be so big that they're just like overwhelming or they just like paralyze you. You don't even know how to start tackling them. So a lot of goals and like, what you know, Beth had the experience with, and I had the experience with is that we have this perfectionism around our goals. And this ties into last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to it, I do suggest going back and listening to it first, because I'm not going to explain too much about perfectionism today. And so I think having that background of it is really gonna be helpful for listening to this. So, so many goals fail because of perfectionism, both when we're setting them and then when we're carrying them out. So we set these very perfect goals, right? These goals that have these perfectionist tendencies around them. And then when we go to carry them out, if we are not perfect about them, then we drop them. Like, right, you have a goal, I'm gonna eat great, I'm gonna eat healthy. And then day one, something happens, you screw it up, you abandon it. Okay, I'll start next month, you know, because you weren't perfect about it. So one of the big things to do is rather than be creating these huge goals, well, I don't want to say you shouldn't create these. I think that's fine to have this big vision because knowing where you're working towards can be helpful. So if that sounds really enticing, like do it, that's totally fine. But then your goals, like I would look at that as a vision, not a goal. And then your goals leading up to that need to be tiny, like tiny, 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 tiny ones. So I love what John Acuff says. He's like, create this goal and then cut it in half. And then he's like, and then you should probably cut it in half again. So if, for instance, you want to start exercising four days a week for 30 minutes, you should cut that in half, two days per week at 15 minutes. And then maybe even consider cutting it in half again, like one day at 7 minutes okay because if you've been trying to start working out for a really long time a goal that's you know 4 days is is kind of crazy it's like way too big of a leap and then what happens again if you miss one day if you get 3 days at 30 minutes you failed your goal but 3 days at 30 minutes is amazing. Like that's huge progress from nothing or whatever you were doing. So like it's so silly that then we that perfectionism makes us look, look at that like failure. So you really want to set yourself up for like being able to achieve and win your goals. So I would say the goal should almost feel like stupid small to start with. Again, you can have your bigger vision in mind of like okay yeah, eventually I want to be working out for this many days, but the initial one to like, be like, yes, I've succeeded. should be very, very small. Like there are some people else just say like, just put on your tennis shoes, just put on your workout clothes for that day. Just get on the treadmill for one minute. Like literally whatever, it's like the least amount that you could possibly do. That is a step up from what you're doing right now. Counts. Um, I do also want to say that there's like, you can look up the smart goals. I'm not going to go into that. Cause there's like just a million and a half websites in it, but it's like the, um, a way to set a goal so it's measurable and actionable and I think all that stuff is I don't know to me it was always really boring and it is applicable like you could apply that to all of these things but I don't find it's like ne- like don't get too caught up in like making something um if that makes sense yeah <laughs> definitely like follow all those things
0: And I really like um, how you're how you're saying to break it down and the 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 kind of creating the difference between a vision and a goal because I was like, well, I don't really. I was thinking that I don't actually do goals, but I have my, you know, my I do have this vision of doing my back exercises every day. So, you know, but but my my goal is don't don't miss two days in a row is sort of my Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: the way that I address it, and that's my goal. And then I also decided over the weekend that I wanted to learn Spanish and I already know, I took Spanish in high school, well no, in middle uh, gosh, I I took it at some point maybe elementary school and then I took it again in college a little bit and I took French throughout um, high school but I wanted to learn Spanish we have a high Spanish speaking population in our area my neighbor is from Spain and she has a two year old that they kind of raised speaking Spanish and I would love for my daughter to learn a little bit more but I need to know some in order to do that. So my husband's like, well, why don't you try this app? And it actually, it's great. It You can choose, like, what's your goal? Is it five minutes a day? Is it 10 minutes a day? Is it 15 minutes a day? And, like, your goal is to do, you know, just five or ten minutes a day. And you decide what it is, and it, like, gives you points, and you level up, and it's just, it's really, it breaks it down. So, like, my vision is learning Spanish, and then the way that, like, my goal, I guess, which is sort of what my thought was these are the little steps to achieve my goal, but mm-hmm. I like that thinking about, oh, the goal is to just practice Spanish five minutes a day so mm-hmm. I, where I used yes. to think that this was how I achieved my goal, but this is the goal, and then the like the yes. the vision is actually is is not is no longer the goal that's that's the result of the goal.
1: yes, I love that. And that actually, gosh, we are like awesome at tie-ins today because you just tied into the next one, which he calls them like secret rules. They're basically limiting beliefs, like the way he's describing them. And I want to say Beth just totally had a little secret rule or limiting belief in her goal that I'm going to call her out on. And that would be that she has to learn Spanish in order to teach her daughter to learn Spanish. And I would say, why not do it together? Like there are so many little books that are written in English and Spanish that are like kids books and they could totally just learn it together. Like there's no reason that Beth has to learn it first in order to teach her daughter. Now she can, that's totally fine. But the problem with beliefs like that or these little rules that we have are that it can stop you from Following through, okay? Because let's say Beth just isn't able to keep up with her app, then that means it's like, oh, now I can never teach my daughter Spanish, you know? But it's really it's like you guys could have just used story time and just read these Spanglish books together. (laughs) Uh, Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And I'm glad you mentioned that because our neighbor from Spain gave us this book, and it's um, I'm a big sister now, and it has the English word, the English sentence, and then the Spanish sentence, and so we do do that sometimes and she does have spanish at school once a week so mm-hmm. yes yeah. so I, I do think that we will learn it together and i think that yeah uh the one her nanny was saying like just label everything my kid can't read so that doesn't totally help <laughs> but you know we can say like apple manzana and just mm-hmm. just start calling things out and just referring to them as both names so yeah totally. but i will definitely link to limiting beliefs in the show notes for those yeah. of you that missed that episode
1: for sure, thank you. Um, and so others like limiting beliefs, again, they can be super sneaky, like the one that I just, you know called Beth out on. It's like you probably wouldn't have like thought about that necessarily. And it could be things like, you know, well, I'm a mom, so I'm supposed to be burned out and exhausted, which seems like a silly rule. but like, I can tell you that, like I actually have experienced this one for myself because a lot of times when I'm talking talking to moms, like, you know, I'll say something like, oh, I work out, I do that. And they're like, but how do you have energy for that? You know, in the first two years, we don't have energy for anything. And I like get lumped into this like group, you know, this whatever this mom's vision of or like experience of being a mom is. And not that anything's wrong with that, but it's not. It, yes, I have. You, you guys all know I have times where I'm exhausted, but it hasn't for the most part been my experience. But when we, you know, hear these things, it can limit what we do because it might be like, oh, well, You know, having this as a goal doesn't actually make sense because it doesn't fit with the vision I or like this like rule that I have in my head of what my life is supposed to look like. Um, So another one is, you know, if, if you're a mom and you're maybe trying to start your own business or, you know, keep going in your career, it might mean that making more money or being more successful means working insanely long hours or that you're a bad person or that you're not a good mom. So if, let's say, if you have a career goal as a mom and you feel like you keep sabotaging it or not being able to meet it, you might want to examine, well, do I have any beliefs about it? Like, oh, well, if I am good in my career, that means I'm a bad mom because I can't possibly be both. I would say that's a really common one. And same thing, like making more money would mean I'm a bad person or I'm selfish um, or I'm materialistic, things like that. And that's just not true. That's just assumptions a lot of people made. So these can also lead, tie into these like false assumptions and spiraling. So let's say you have this rule to eat healthy and, or let me just give an example of spiraling kind of from the negative perspective, because I think most people can relate to that better. It's like, okay, if I let myself have that one brownie, then the next thing I'm know, i going to eat everything and then I'm going to gain a hundred pounds and have to buy a whole new wardrobe and then I'm going to go bankrupt. You know, it's like this whole like spiraling of events before like anything even happens. It's just totally an assumption. But this can also happen with positive goals. So I'll have a client that comes to me, they're wanting to lose weight and they have some great, you know, life goals, meaningful goals, but then they'll worry about this like event that's coming up in like eight months. Like, well, I'm going to my friend's wedding. So if I eat healthy now, then like how am I gonna have a drink of champagne at my friend's wedding? And it's like this. <laughs> like ridiculous, like leap that we go to that somehow making a healthy choice now means they like can't make an unhealthy choice, a conscious unhealthy choice later. Not that champagne is an unhealthy choice, but you know what I mean, like.
0: Well, and I think I'd love to add another little example to mm-hmm. it and see if I'm on the same wavelength here. But something like starting a new eating plan. So let's say you're, you you want to make a lifestyle change of how you're eating, and and maybe you want to cut out um, added sugars or something like that. But it's like, well, but the holidays are coming up, and I and I want to be able to eat what I want during the holidays. So I'm not going to start it, you know, for six weeks or something like that, which is not really the point right is that kind of what you're saying yeah
1: totally yes because like around the holidays you could just say well I'm gonna not eat any added sugar unless it's a special holiday treat and then I'm just gonna eat that whatever I want like you can do whatever the hell you want (laughs) like no one is following you around (laughs) and making sure like you know you're like oh no you you aren't allowed to have this thing you know um, another example of this, and cause he uses it a lot, John Acuff uses a lot about men, but I wanted to use it cause I hear this with women a lot, especially my physical therapy patients is that I don't want to work out because I'll get bulky. And he's really funny. You should listen to his like book, uh, his, like audio book because the way he describes it is hilarious about men. But I hear, again, I hear women say this. And I'll hear it from women who have a significant amount of weight to lose. So like they're worried about adding bulk to their frame, Um, even, you know, even more bulk to their frame. Or I also hear it from women who are honestly so weak. They like literally cannot get up and down off the floor. Like they can't get out of a chair without using their arms. And it's like, they have this concern that they're going to get look bulky and it's just this, like, huge, like, limiting belief or, like, secret rule that we have that, like, oh, well, when you work out, you're going to look all bulky. And it's just not true. The amount of working out it takes to, like, get muscle bulk is, like, insane. Like, people literally do that for a living.
0: <laughs> I would, I I really want to, like, kind of trail off and make a little caveat here. Yeah. Because I haven't heard this in a while, but I realize it's because I, like, very much so curate, like, who I follow on – Instagram, Facebook, even like my friends and that kind of thing. So so that kind of comment, I'm like, wasn't that like 10 years ago that we used to say that kind of thing? Isn't it all about being like, are people really still saying that? So I want to sort of add, and this may be something else, is all of your friends don't have to have the same goals as you do but you need to find people whether it's in person ideally it's really great but also online that that share things that support your goals that don't that don't add to limiting beliefs that don't add to the spiraling but but find things people that talk about things that are supporting your goals and and that are being who you want to be so I don't know I just wanted to add that in there
1: I actually love that and it is a little caveat and I'm going to go along with it too, because it is so true. Like on the internet, you can find anyone today, like who probably has the same goals or at least a similar goal and mindset as you. And yes, I, in my world, I don't see the like women having an issue with being bulky. It's like in my physical therapy or in the physical therapy clinic that I see it. Cause I agree. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this a thing? Like strong is beautiful, you know, whatever. Like it's all like the messaging I'm seeing now. And, but yeah, that's the same thing. Like I surround myself with like, again, solopreneurs, women, entrepreneurs that are making a lot of money by helping people, which is, you know, exactly what I'm trying to do in my business or what I am doing in my business. And I forget that it's not common to be an entrepreneur. And I just like assume everybody knows how awesome it is to be an entrepreneur and like how normal it is. And it turns out that's not the case. So yeah, (laughs) I just like have totally created my internet bubble. And I love it. (laughs) Because it's the only messaging I get. And it's great. And it very much supports my goal. So, um, other thing I wanted to say is make sure when you're creating your goal, you're not just adding onto your list of to dos. Okay. Us moms have enough things on our list. You don't want to just add another thing. So, I would try and see if there's something you can give up first. And that in itself could be a goal. So, for example, on the weekends, we usually let our house get pretty messy. Like, We clean up the bare essentials. Um, I don't like it. I really hate like the clutter and when it's really messy, but between, you know, me trying to run my business, my husband has his own thing he's doing on the weekends and us trying to have family time, like something has to give. And we've just let that be the thing that gives. And it's fine. Like, again, it doesn't need to be this like ideal thing. And I think that can be scary for people to give something up. And again, you don't have to give it up for the rest of your life. I hope at some point, you know, I can have more regular hours and we can keep the, you know, house clean on the weekends. But right now it's what we got to do for me to achieve the goals that are important to me. So give something up, figure it out. There's something you can give up on your list. I promise you. Um, If it's hard to find something to give up, like ask a friend, you know, pursue some help because sometimes we might see things as a necessity when they really just aren't. Um, and then the last one is my least favorite and the one I'm by far the worst at, but it is compelling enough that I figured I had to include it. And I think some other people really like it. And that is data. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's super helpful. (laughs) Um, but I do want to say that getting the right data is even more important. So I would rather see someone have no data than the wrong data. Um, and that, an example of that would be calories to me, those are the wrong data and tracking that can probably lead to more harm than, you know, having good data or having no data at all, because the assumption is that more or less calories is going to be more weight loss. And so if you're tracking based on that assumption, you're going to run into problems if you're trying to lose weight. Cause if you're tracking, you're like, well, I'm eating 1800 calories and I'm not losing weight then you're going to, you know, you might drop down and then you're going to keep dropping down. And so that can obviously lead to harmful stuff. So having the right data is very, very important. And it's going to help you give like an actual, just more objective quality to when you're meeting your goal. So let's say you do have you know, a goal that's centered around like getting stronger or, I mean, weight loss is not a very good goal because you don't have a hundred percent control of it, but maybe that's one of your overarching things that you're looking at. I don't, you know, I want to, as much as I would love to eliminate that as a goal, I know that's not reality. And we had a whole podcast episode on that. So I'm going to link to that. Thank you. Um, so if you are like, oh, I'm doing all these things, right. And I'm not losing weight, but really when you actually start tracking things, like let's say you track your sleep and hydration, which are really good places to start because they're easy to track and pretty like objective. You might be like, Oh wow, I'm only sleeping five and a half hours. So it almost doesn't matter how healthy you're eating. It's really hard to lose weight if you're just not sleeping. So again, it's, Sometimes it can, like, you might feel like you're doing all the right things. Like I get a lot of people, a lot of my clients say that it's like, I'm doing all the right things, but really when like, I look at what they're doing, they're not like, they think they are, they know what the right things are, but they're not actually doing them quite as often as they think. And I am really guilty of this. I'm like very guilty of like, well, I know I'm supposed to be sleeping more. Like, I know I'm supposed to be doing that. And I like, forget how often I don't actually follow through with that sometimes. Like, knowing does not exempt you from doing, guys. <laughs> um, that's I'm saying this to myself. So so if I actually tracked things out, you know, in places where I wasn't maybe hitting some health goals, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm trying it. It's not working. It Like, the data would actually show me that I'm just, like, not actually trying as hard as I think I am in my head. And then sometimes it might be the op- opposite. You might be like, no, I am doing everything. And in that case, now you have the data to prove it. So let's figure out, okay, what else is going wrong. Maybe we just need to put our focus somewhere else. So having data can be very nice because if you didn't hit your goal, or let's say you really exceed your goal, and you can know why. So um, also whatever whatever you're tracking, make sure it's something that will actually impact things. Okay, it's like you want to be able to look back on your data and have it change what you're doing, or you know enforce you to keep doing what you're doing based on what it tells you. So if you're measuring how fast your nails grow, like that actually can be like indicative of health, but it's kind of like, all right, so your nails are growing fast or they're not like, okay, so what are you going to change? Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have enough information to then go back and be like, oh, this is why they weren't growing fast or this is why they were. So just make sure you're collecting relevant data.
0: And I do want to make a point, Um, a lot of times we think of data to be very objective and numbers and that kind of thing, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. So if you're, if you want to track something around food or in that kind of thing, I, as long as you are mindful that you are being objective about it and keeping a food log and saying like, this is what I ate for lunch, for lunch today. This is how I felt afterwards. And this is what I ate for dinner. This is how I felt. This is how I felt this is how I slept or this is what I had for breakfast and and keeping that kind of log for a week or something like that and not not necessarily changing anything about it but just looking at it as objective data you can see I mean I learned that when I make smoothies for breakfast, I crash about an hour afterwards because I always add too much fruit to them and that sugar makes me just plummet. Whereas if I don't have like even if I have the same amount of protein and fat, just that extra carb from the sugar just doesn't, it doesn't sit with me as well. It doesn't stay with me as long. So that is an objective data of like, oh, well, this is not the best food for me. Same thing, like eating a cookie or what have you, I know how I feel afterwards so that I can then make the objective decision later, well, I want the cookie. This is how I'm gonna feel afterwards. Am I okay with that? Yeah? All right, I'm gonna go ahead and eat the cookie guilt-free. So it doesn't necessarily have to be numbers, but you need to have some sort of information so that you can make your vision, your ultimate visions a reality.
1: Yes. I love that. Thank you. That's so perfect. And the smoothie thing just made me think of like a a secret rule or a limiting belief that I had when I was drinking smoothies before I like did the whole nutritional therapy thing. I was drinking the superfood smoothie that had like kale and all this stuff. And literally I felt like shit afterwards, but smoothies are healthy and they have superfoods in there. So therefore it couldn't have been the smoothie. And I literally did this guys for like, six months before, I went and saw a nutritional nutritionist, a functional nutritionist, and she was like, yeah, it's your smoothie, stop drinking it, and then, this is a longer story, but anyways, point is, just even watch for these little beliefs, because I was convinced it couldn't have been the smoothie, because my belief was smoothies are healthy, and I'm putting kale in it, and kale is really healthy for me, so it cannot possibly be making me feel bad, so, it all ties together,
0: Uh, All right. Well, I think you have a really nice recap. So why don't you go over that
1: and then we'll wrap up. Perfect. So recap, because this was a lot. So one is just to set small actionable goals. They really should feel almost silly and they should be, you know, in relation to whatever your larger vision is. If you happen to have one. Number two is take notice of your limiting beliefs or your secret rules. Listen to any excuses you are making for yourself and analyze them. Okay. Um, Go back to the podcast episode about the limiting beliefs. I think that'll be helpful. Number three is to take things off your list, okay? So what can you get rid of to actually allow time for the things that are important? And number four is gather relevant data related to your goal. So make sure whatever it is is something that'll allow you to adjust as you need to and give you you data to actually help you reach your goal.
0: Thanks, Andrea. That was really
1: enlightening. Yeah, good. Are you to make some goals now
0: <laughs> I will I will work on making some goals I actually might work on taking things off my list first
1: oh I love that yeah
0: and then and then I will make some goals
1: uh, I shouldn't even say goals are you going to make a goal right now <laughs> really should yeah. be you know what I mean yeah. it shouldn't even be multiple goals like maybe your goal right now is to take one thing off your list and then once you've sure. achieved that it's like success I've achieved my goal and it's just about building up this like trust with yourself sorry this is like another tangent I know I'm supposed to recap (laughs) um but it's like about building up this trust with yourself that you can like stick to your word and that's what I'm working on right now is like I just lost that trust with myself because I never was following through so now I'm trying to rebuild that up I'm making these little small goals and being like yes I can follow through with my word and as you do that you can continue on
0: (laughs) I love it and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, I think we're going to talk about finding your tribe, but uh, we'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> Follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza Real East and Andrea, Dr. Andrea Moore on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.